0: WTEL podcasts are powered by Stanley Steamer Air Duct Cleaning. Delaware's clean air experts. Call 1-800-STEAMER. We, that is to say Canada, um, gave up a fair bit. Um, the Americans will have increased access uh, for dairy. Um, the, the really punitive tariffs on steel and aluminum are still in place they're not removed. Um, we have to, Canada has to move to the American Standard on Intellectual Property. Um, which will affect drug prices uh, down the road so these were all concessions uh, but the, there was never a question that there were going to be concessions. It was just how bad it would it be and the general feeling is look it's not a great deal, but at least it's a deal the you know especially in automotive and other areas of manufacturing um, the, we have put, you know Canada still has access to the American market uh, and given what Donald Trump was threatening that he was going to put tariffs on automobiles um, which would have been utterly Devastating to the Canadian economy, uh, we. The general feeling is uh, that we got off reasonably lightly, all things considered.
1: So the the biggest thing that uh, Canada kept was what this uh, Chapter Eleven, giving investors a special way to fight government decisions and also uh, uh, otherwise uh, settling disputes. Yeah, actually,
0: Chapter Eleven goes. Um, I mean, it's, it's a it's a to complicated complex deal to reap but as we understand it actually chapter 11 goes away and canada couldn't care less uh the americans apparently were demanding that this idea that uh companies could sue governments should uh, should be dispensed with and we said yeah sure because honestly canada had lost most of the chapter 11 fights over- anyway, in recent years well,
1: but chapter 19 to allow for a special dispute process for canada yeah, I mean, that, but, that, that was and the biggie true. for you guys that
0: was the biggie. That was the deal breaker because your economy is ten times the size of ours. So if we don't have some kind of impartial uh, panel that says you're in the wrong and we're in the wrong, then it's pretty hard for us to to, to trust. Especially given you know the fact that this president just throws tariffs on whatever he feels like it. So we we got to keep that, and that's uh, that was it. That, Canada would have walked away if. Um, if Chapter 19 had been removed, but it's still there. So that's good news.
1: Now, do you agree with uh, this analysis? Uh, I mean, my sketch of it uh, would seem to be uh, that in terms of automotive workers and wages, uh, this is is at least a partial win, which is what President Trump was pushing for. And in a way, it's Mexico that gets hit uh, more heavily as a result. And we perhaps are going to see more what Ford is already doing in Volkswagen, small car manufacturer goes out of North America.
0: That's. An, uh, I, I think you're right. I think Mexico probably suffers more from this deal than Canada does because they're still a developing economy um, and the labor standards are going to be tougher for them to meet. There's something else, though. Uh, if you, I don't know if you watched the press conference, but Donald Trump was really quite explicit in a way I don't think he has been before. He is basically wrecking the entire global trading agenda. He said, look, I threw tariffs at these guys, forced them to come to the table and made them get a, a bunch of concessions. Um, now, Brazil and, uh, and India, you guys are next. And of course, he's already doing it with China. This is, a, this is a, exactly the opposite of everything the United States has championed for the last 60 years, where we try to lower tariffs, where we try to have a rules-based trading organization. Right. Instead, you have this rather thuggish, and that's the only word for it, thuggish approach where uh, the United States, because it's the world's largest economy, simply starts throwing crippling tariffs at the other country until the other country is forced to come to the table and beg for some kind of a deal. Now, in Canada's case, because we're an advanced nation and because we have strong ties with the United States, uh, we were able to you know, lose some stuff but not lose anything critical. But if I were India uh, or Brazil or China for that matter, because they're looking at, at, at massive tariffs, um, it's, it's going to be a huge issue for those countries going forward and to the global economy because nobody wins, uh, when you have a trade. Well, I war. mean,
1: if you call it madness, though, I gather you're saying a method to the madness. And I guess the ultimate test is going to be the U.S. and China. Who can outlast the other?
0: Yeah, but that's, the, the, you just got to hit on the, on the head, right? Who could outlast the other? Who's, de- who can absorb more damage to their economy before the other side, uh, has to cave? But we are talking about damage to the economy. $250 billion of tariffs on China is $250 billion of tariffs on the United States in return. You start throwing up those kind of protectionist walls, uh, and you have a very ugly situation globally. And it's certainly, and the one thing you hear in Canada from all sides is Canada has to diversify its economy. We have to get into the Pacific more heavily. We have to get into Europe more heavily, because we can't trust these north-south relationships anymore. They're, as it turns out, we almost lost NAFTA, uh, and we, we, we could almost lose it once, we could lose it again.
1: So is there something about President Trump that you, John Ibbotson, longtime Canadian journalist, author, learned about President Trump that you didn't know before, or that Canadians learned about the President Trump that they didn't know before?
0: I think over the course of the last year and a half, we had confirmed that we had suspected that this guy is a bully. Uh, on trade, I think the word is fair to say that he's a thug, that he, the, that he will take the world's largest economy, the leader of the global trading order, um, and turn it into a game of chicken. I will keep hitting you because I can absorb damage myself. What if he had imposed those 25% tariffs on autos? Sure, it would have crippled Canada, but it would have crippled the American automobile industry, too. It would have been devastating for workers in the the automobile industry. But that's the kind of, as I say, game of chicken he's prepared to play in order to get his way.
1: Can you see why Trump supporters in rural America, uh, the Plains, Upper Midwest, and the South, though, are saying, Rah, Rah, Mr. President, uh, you're doing exactly what we wanted you to do? I
0: guess so. I just don't know that they are fully aware of what the consequences could be down the road. Um, If we actually do get into a global trade war, if the World Trade Organization is basically just shut down and we're back to a 1930s, everybody for himself uh, trading relationship, um, the world was not a happy place the last time we did that.
1: Yeah. Uh, what does this mean politically for your prime minister?
0: Oh, good news for Justin Trudeau, because, I mean, he can uh, he he has an election next year. Uh, he helped negotiate free trade agreements with with the European Union and with the Trans-Pacific Partnership, which the United States was a part of until Donald Trump pulled you out. Uh, so he can say I've negotiated three trade nego- major trade agreements. Um, in the course of my first mandate, he's going into an election next year. He's going to pound this over and over again, and he's right to it. It's going to look good for him.
1: If I may divert to one other thing I can't resist. I'm sorry, John, the sure. Supreme Court battle here in the United States. How much have Canadians been following it, and what about Me Too parallels north of the border?
0: Oh, we were, we're obsessive about it. Uh, I was on CBC the other day, our state uh, broadcaster, and I said, right. if you see a Canadian Supreme Court judge, hug them. Uh, because uh, the, the Canadian uh, Supreme Court has chosen through a very, very different process, um, and the the kind of polarization that uh, we're witnessing in the Congress and the Senate uh, over Judge Kavanaugh's appointment um, is is kind of scary. Uh, but I, he was uh, trust me, the um, the Senate hearings uh, for confirmation. Uh, had, had ratings, everybody was high up here as they did down there.
1: Wow. Because, as you say, you have a very different way by which you select your Canadian, uh, justices. But, but I gotta ask, you know, here in America, the big difference is, uh, in the 1960s and 70s, not so much for, for today. I know because I interview voters. Sometimes, even if they dislike the candidate at the top of the ballot for president, it's about getting a, quote, conservative or liberal Supreme Court.
0: Yeah, no, it's amazing that the court is so polarized ideologically because that's not what the court is supposed to do. The court is supposed to interpret the Constitution. Um, in Canada, the um, when there's a Supreme Court vacancy, the um, prime minister, well, the, a committee is appointed. The committee talks to the provincial attorneys general, talks to their bar associations, suggests names. Uh, eventually, a shortlist is created. Uh, The shortlist is brought to the prime minister, and the prime minister picks the judge, and the judge goes on the court, and that's that. You're done, Um, and and you're done, and you have a court then that is not seen to be politicized to the right or to the left, because everyone kind of participates in it: the provinces, the bar, uh, the the law law associations, and you kind of get the best judge you can find.
1: Although I gather the the only parallel south of the border would be you have some of the traditional conservatives in places like Alberta that have uh, intensely disliked recent Canadian high court rulings on on things like uh, gay rights or such.
0: It's true. Uh, over, you know, to the right of the Conservative Party, or on the very right wing of the Conservative Party, are people who think that we that the Supreme Court has become too activist, uh, that is reading in too much into the Charter of right. Rights and Freedoms. There's no question about that.
1: And that's the parallel. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it, John. My pleasure. My pleasure. Canadian journalist, author, playwright John Ibbotson, live on WDEL from Ottawa.